0: podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM.
1: And so what's interesting, Paul, is that I love the fact that you, you sort of built this thing uh, and you were kind of like learning. as you. In, in some senses, Paul, you were sort of flying the plane as you were building it, yes? Yeah,
0: basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got it off the ground. Yeah. And it did fly. Um the, pro- the real interesting part is when you run out of orders and you're up against the wall, mm. which is all businesses face, mm-hmm. and you have to get a machete out and cut the parts off that aren't working,
2: mm-hmm. and it's
0: not easy to do, and it's very scary in the big first few times,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and by the third or fourth time, you go, oh, "I've seen this before." So basically, in business, either the bi- the The world wants more than you have, and they're mad at you because you're not getting enough. Uh Or they want less than you have, and they're mad because you're shoving inventory (laughs) down. So people are angry all the time. uh The only times where they're not angry is those small little teeny moments where what you have and what they want is exactly the same quantity, which Mm. is like never. (laughs) So uh, it's not so easy. Um, You know, there's a reason why all these businesses fail. And for us... It's been a whole team of people jumping on ship going, we want to turn nothing into something. And it's kind of the American dream, really, is mm-hmm. what i come to the conclusion of. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, here's this guy who's making these guitars and we like them, but we can turn this nothing into something. Mm-hmm. And we try to share, you know, with our area, we share with Johns Hopkins. We raise money for them every year. We share with our employees. Um, but eight years ago, Boy, it took my legs out from underneath me when that whole thing happened. It was nine years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. The recession.
0: I had a back order, mm-hmm. so it didn't hit me as fast as it hit anybody mm-hmm. else. But when I ran out of the back order, it was a very interesting little game that happened. Okay, but breaking even was the new doing well. Got- All the rules changed.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And so where consumers, they they the demand for this mm-hmm. beautiful piece of uh, music artistry that you built dropped because of the recession people just weren't spending on, on this type of product?
0: Yeah, basically. Look, we had we had squirreled away a whole bunch of magic wood. We make guitars out of wood.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: and so we were saving it for a rainy day. Well, damn if it, it didn't rain. <laughs> and so we put it all up for sale. We built a library, and we put all the wood in the library. And we called every dealer in the world and said, you come here on this day, and you can buy this wood that we've been tied They came all the way from Japan. And the first order I got was from across Wisconsin, from Dave's Guitars. He gave me an order for 35 guitars from the library. And people flew from all over to look at that stuff. We pulled every trick in the book, every single one. And what happened was, if people weren't buying that many guitars, they were getting them repaired. So they're getting their old ones repaired, or they're buying pedals, which are these little boxes on the floor. They're kind of like little heroin pills for guitar players. (laughs) And, um, oh, oh, don't, you're laughing, but (laughs) guitar makers are drug dealers. They're they're Uh selling drugs Uh for guitar players. The thing that's interesting Interesting. about it is if you sit on a couch with a guitar you love, you're in no pain. Mm -hmm. When you put it away, there's no hangover. Mm -hmm. So it's an extraordinarily cool thing. I mean, there's something magic about them, and magic guitars find homes. And so we decided we would just make magic guitars, and we made it through it, but by the skin of our ass.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: um, look, the best teaching's done one on one. You got a problem? Find somebody who's been there before and ask them how to get through it. hmm hmm
1: I didn't invent business.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I tagged a lot of people who been there before.
1: hmm hmm But you 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 literally built. I mean, you taught yourself how to build guitars, right, Paul?
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But I went to the violin maker Weaver's Violin, or I went to Ted McCarty, or I went to the guitars. The guitars were the teachers. So, mm-hmm. look, if you have a guitar that Torres made 200 years ago, he's dead. He's not around. You can't talk to him about, oh, my God, what he thought was in that guitar.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's alive and well, because everything he thought that day is in that guitar. If you take an old Model T Ford apart, Everything those car makers thought that day is in that car. hmm So there's these, 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 these uh, time cubes. So, you know, I can't talk to them, but, oh, my God, everything they thought is in that amp, it's in that guitar, it's it's in there. And, and you know, they were trying to make a living. I my, my take on it is they absolutely knew what they were doing. There were no accidents.
2: hmm They absolutely
0: knew what they were doing.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, what's interesting about this, Paul? Though, is that let me ask you this because one of the things we think about from a business and branding and marketing perspective is we often think about the audience. So, when you first started building these guitars, how, how did you formulate in your mind who the who the player was that the, the how they were going to? How, how did you create the 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 vision of the player that you were designing these guitars uh, what, for? I didn't
0: go about it that way. How did you I do it? About it, making a tool mm-hmm. to do a job. Okay. When they invented the personal computer, they had no idea where the buyers were going to be. Mm-hmm. They didn't know it was going to turn into a cell phone, mm-hmm. they, but they did the best they could possibly do to make that tool work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, so in the in the language of guitar, give me the rundown, Paul, of what it means to make that tool work. Are we talking about well, being sorry, able to... Look,
0: it's a combination of about 15 or 20 things simultaneously, and I'll go through them really quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. The woods the aesthetic view of it so there are three main things how does it look how does it play how does it sound
2: mm-hmm. you
0: got to nail all the, the visual stuff you got to re- nail all the mechanical engineering things make sure the fret's in the right positions
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, all the ergonomic stuff where you're holding the neck and it feels comfortable to you. the uh, stuff having to do with the scaling so how's the bridge made how are the, the electrical engineering stuff about how the pickups are made uh, what inlays you're going to do, what kind of trademarks you going to do for the headstock, what trademarks are going to be on the body, what are going to be on the neck.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Uh-huh. All these parallel art forms. Guitar makers are jacks of all trades.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it needed to work on every level. Look, let's imagine I get everything right, but the third fret's in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Everything on the entire thing's right, but mm-hmm. one thing's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm dead in the water. Mm-hmm. If, you, if every in the grocery store is good, but the avocados are a little overripe. They're still in business.
1: I go out of business. You go out of business. Interesting. So this requires then, Paul, I, I, I love this. This requires a kind of Steve Jobian uh, sort of, I'm going to make sure that quality is at the highest level possible at all costs, right?
0: Well, yeah. Look, Sears catalog. I was a kid. Tisco Del Rey guitar, green sunburst guitar. I mean, looked in so mm-hmm the catalog, it was a hundred bucks for the guitar. They, they still had um, to fret it, they still had to cut a neck, they still had to paint it, they still had to make a bridge, they still had to make a pickup, they still had to make the tuning pegs, they still had to make the nut, they still had to glue the inlays in, they still had to glue the fretboard on, they still had to put the neck on, they still had to make a case. I thought, well, if you gotta do it all, why don't you just do a little better and do it better? I just sound nuts to me. Very, very uh huh it's the same thing with a car, or anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if you, I mean, I understand that four really good tires are more expensive than four cheap tires, right? But it's still you got to make the car work. It just didn't seem smart if you were going to go after the highest level of artists to do a cheap job. You might as well do it well. And I knew it. Oh look, I knew it had to be some visually some way interesting. The thing I never thought was the bird inlays were going to stick. I thought one out of eight people would get the bird inlays because my mother was a bird watcher. And then people started saying, (laughs) I've got to have the birds. I'm like, what? (laughs) For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.